You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. your desires of your heart first. Think of delighting yourself in Him. That's why it's written that way. Delight yourself in Him, and He will give you the desires of your heart. See, there's a progression there. Don't say, gimme, 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 you know. No, delight yourself in Him, and He gives you the desires of your heart. Also, delight yourself. Get with the Lord. Be with the Lord. Make sure He's what you have. God intends to fill that heart desires. Imagine choosing the negative thing in your life over the positive. Weird, right? But how often do we do just that when we ignore God's instructions? Don't be like Jehoshaphat. Spend time with Jesus instead of bad influences. Before long, we'll discover He's given us what our hearts have longed for. This is Pastor Dave's message today. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of 2 Chronicles chapter 21 as he continues his message, Consequences of Good Intentions But Bad Choices. God could have taken them out. But look at verse 7. To me, this is a but God verse. This is a but God verse. Yet the Lord, you could say, but the Lord, would not destroy the house of David because he had of the covenant he had made with David and since he promised to give him a lamp to him and to his sons forever. God did not destroy him at that time. The Lord could have very easily poured out his wrath upon the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. But instead, he shows great mercy. He shows great long-suffering. He shows great grace. He shows his great loving kindness to all the people instead of killing them. He could have. Why? Because of the covenant he made with David. God is a keeper of a promise. God is the original promise keeper. He will keep his promise all the time. When God makes a promise, it is true. It is yes and amen. His promises are always true. What did God say to David? Take a minute and turn to 2 Samuel 7. In 2 Samuel 7, specifically verses 8 through 17, says this. Now therefore, thus shall you say to my servant David, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you out of the sheepfold from following the sheep to be ruler over my people Israel. And I have been with you wherever you have gone and cut off all your enemies from before you and have made your name great, like the name of the great men who are on earth. Moreover, I will appoint a place for my people Israel and will plant them, that they may dwell in a place of their own and move no more, nor shall the sons of wickedness oppress them any more as previously." Since the time that I commanded judges to be over my people Israel and have caused you to rest from all your enemies. Also, the Lord tells you that he will make you a house 
When your days are fulfilled and you rest with your fathers, I will set up your seed after you who will come from your body and I will establish your kingdom. He shall build a house for my name and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father and he shall be my son. If he commits iniquity, I will chasten him with the rod of men and with blows of sons of men. But my mercy shall not depart from him as I took it from Saul, whom I removed from you. And your house and your kingdom shall be established forever before you. Your throne shall be established forever. According to all these words and according to all the vision, so Nathan spoke to David. The Davidic covenant. God was telling David that someone from his seed would sit on the king, the throne forever. It's a true speaking here of Jesus Christ. The bottom line is Jesus Christ is from the house of David. And he sits on the throne of David and will always sit on the throne of David. And this is why God keeps his promise. He knew what he had promised. He knew that the Messiah would come through this line. So he had to let this line go. And therefore, he allowed them to do. God promised David that under his reign, he would establish permanent and secure Israel. He promised first that he knew David being a godly shepherd and was concerned about the welfare of the people. The word lamp here simply means covenant. God promised David from one of from his seed, one of his descendants, would sit upon the throne forever. I will set up your seat after you. And God specifically promised a hereditary monarchy for the house of David. And it was important for God to repeat his promise specifically because there had never been a king succeeded by his son because the first king was Saul. God is always faithful. God is always faithful. When he promises something, he will always keep his promise. We have a promise of eternal life. God is faithful to keep that promise. We will all have that. He has a, we have a promise that we will be raptured. He will keep that promise. We have a promise of a second coming. He will keep that promise. Whatever God has promised in his word, which was true, inerrant, infallible, it will come to pass. All of it, every ounce, every tittle, every single thing in the word of God will come to pass. Why? Because it's God's word. He wrote it and he's faithful and true. That should give us great hope. That should give us great solace. We should get great comfort from that. Knowing that he's with us, he'll never leave nor forsake us. Knowing that he's going to do a mighty work in us. Knowing that we're his workmanship, his poema. That he's doing a great work in us and through us. Knowing that we'll be sanctified. Knowing that we'll be glorified. And knowing that all those things have happened. Knowing that we have all those beautiful gifts from Ephesians 1, 2, and 3. That should make us just soar with gladness. If you can't rejoice at that, forget it. Rejoice that you have salvation. Rejoice that your sins have been forgiven and you're going to spend eternity with him. So much that we can be grateful for, so much that we can be thankful for, so much that we can be hopeful for. But instead, we put our heads down and we mope and grope because things just don't go our way. We have a bad day or a bad moment. I'm the same way. I do the same thing. And we think, what am I doing? When you realize what God has done for you, what it costs God for you to be his child, how much he loved you, God is always faithful. Jehoram's sin continues with great cost to the kingdom and to himself. Let's look at back in 21, 8 to 11. And in his days, 
Edom revolted against Judah's authority and made a king over themselves. So Jehoram went out with his officers and all his chariots with him. And he rose by night and attacked the Edomites who had surrounded him and the captains of the chariots. Thus Edom had been in revolt against Judah's authority to this day. At that time, Nibna revolted against his rule because he had forsaken the Lord God of his fathers. Moreover, he made the high places in the mountains of Judah and caused the inhabitants of Jerusalem to commit harlotry and led Judah astray. This guy was going down the tubes fast. Not only was he being led astray, but he was leading people astray. I don't know about you, but I've read a lot through God's word. It's one thing for you to go astray. But it's another thing when you start leading others astray with you. Oof. There's a heavy price to pay for that. A heavy price to pay. These uprisings, these uprisings are happening because, look what it says. Because he had forsaken the Lord God of his father. He had forsaken the God, Jehoshaphat. And we're not talking about a couple generations down the line. We're talking about the same king. We're talking about the next in line. One line back from him was Jehoshaphat, a great king, a godly man. Edom was basically a slave to Judah, and they owed them tribute, but they revolted. And as long as the kings of Judah remained true to their alliance to God, they were able to keep everything working, everything going. When Jehoshaphat was on good and on tight, everything was working fine. The nation was prospering. You can go down the line and look, everything was happening good. But when he went away, when things go bad, things go bad. God no longer blesses. Look at our passions. When we are properly submitted to God, our passions are properly submitted to us. When we come out from submission of God, we find that everything else flares up in what we think is strength. It also applies to the exercise of proper authority in any sphere, home, government, church, society. Those who are submitted to God can be trusted to submit to. I love what David said in another one of our favorite verses, Psalm 37, in verse 4 particular. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. And this is what we read here. And throughout this psalm, David counseled the child of God to put aside worry and envy. We do this simply how? By enjoying what God has given us. When I spend time worshiping him, when I spend time looking at his wonderful promises, when I spend time reading his word and being built up in his word, I don't have time to worry about the what ifs, the what went wrongs and why. But when I get myself off of there, and I do, when I get myself into that category, man, it's a, it's, it goes down fast. You start worrying about this, you start worrying about that, and why, and will, to be, to be. Next thing you know, you're down this hole, and you're like, wow, wait a minute here. And you have to claw your way back out. Look what all he did for Israel. He provided Israel with a place to live and enjoy. He gave them food every day. Now, now what he did to you, look what he did to you. Look what he did for you. Then all the spiritual blessings that have been given to us through Jesus Christ. All this and salvation, too, I can't stand it. It's too much to gain. That God would love me so much that he would do that for me? A sinner? A rotten sinner who despised him at one time? Who did everything I could against him at one time? Oh, my. To think that he would do that. And even at that time, he did it for me. 
David says, delight yourself in the Lord. David says, hey, replace the worry, replace the fretting, replace the habitual whatever with God. Replace it with God's love, with God's grace, with God's mercy, with God's word, with God's guidance. With God. and, and, and he's given us the Holy Spirit to do that in our hearts. And he's done that for us. This means to cheer our heart and our mind by considering by faith and receive these multiple blessings. All these blessings we have, we have by faith. And they're yours. They're just hanging out there. You need to grab one and say, this is mine. I'll take it. And believe in it by faith. I think one of the reasons why so many Christians don't delight in God is that they don't know him well enough. Why? Because they haven't taken the time to get to know him through study of his word, through individual prayer, through fellowship, through corporate prayer, through attending worship and services, by getting to know him. How many times did we sing the song, I want to know you, I want to know you more. I want to see your face. I want to hear your voice. I want to get close to you. Well, he's waiting for you to do that. Sometimes I think when we sing that, sing that song, he's saying, well, here I am. What are you waiting for? I'm right here. We don't spend time with them. Why? Because the world fills our time with other stuff. I fill my time with other stuff. And you know what? If you're not careful, ministry can be a burden. Because it can take you away from the Lord. It can take you away from your God. From taking and spending quality, personal time with Him. Oh, I'm doing ministry. i got to do this. Yeah. Are you spending time with the Lord? Don't think of your desires of your heart first. Think of delighting yourself in Him. That's why it's written that way. Delight yourself in Him and He will give you the desires of your heart. See, there's a progression there. Don't say, gimme, 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 you know. No, delight yourself in him, and he gives you the desires of your heart. Also, delight yourself. Get with the Lord. Be with the Lord. Make sure he's what you have. God intends to fill that heart desires of the redeemed man and woman. To be sure, it's possible. But our desires get clouded by selfishness. They get desired by our own wants and what we need and what we think we have to have. And I need this and I want that. I, I have to have that. I've got to have this ministry. I've got to have that. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. I've got to do this. We desire ourselves in the Lord. He gives us our delight because he is our delight. He is our delight. If he is, he gives. So if he's your delight, He's going to give you himself to you to delight in. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added. It's no coincidence that every study you hear continues to come together like this. It's no coincidence because it's the same Holy Spirit. It's the same God. They're supposed to come together like that. So Jehoram is really out there. So he gets a letter from Elijah. You remember Elijah, don't you? Now, many people think Elijah was dead by now, and this letter was around. A lot of people give it credit to Elisha. And anyhow, this is what the letter says. Let's read um, 12 to 15. A letter came to him from Elijah the prophet saying, Thus says the Lord God of your father David. Notice it and say, Thus says the Lord your God. 
<laughs> it says, thus says the Lord God of your father, David, because you've not walked in the ways of Jehoshaphat, your father, or in the ways of Asa, king of Judah, another guy I like, but have walked in the way of the kings of Israel and have made Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem to play the harlot like the harlotry of the house of Ahab and also have killed your brothers, those who of your father's household, who were better than yourself. Like that dig? Behold, the Lord will strike your people with a serious affliction, your children, your wives, and all your possessions, and you will become very sick with disease of your intestines until your intestines come out by reason of sickness day by day. Bad enough that he is getting chastised by the Lord now, but you notice who else is getting chastised? All the people, his wives, his children, his family. Sin runs deep. Sin runs deep, and it's affecting him. It's affecting everybody. The Lord is passing judgment on Jehoram. He didn't walk in the ways of his father or his grandfather. He didn't walk in the ways, but he chose to walk in the ways of Ahab, who was most wicked. And then he caused the inhabitants of Judah to stumble. I just told you how dangerous it is when you cause someone else to stumble. The Lord takes a dim view of that. A real dim view. Read your scriptures. Jesus said, see that millstone over there? Tie it around your neck. Jump in the road of that river. You stumble someone. No. Oh my. God, be so careful here. Even with good intentions. He had refused to follow the pattern of his father, and he had great examples. See, this is scary, folks. This is really scary. Because we want our children to have great examples of the Lord in our lives. We don't want to see them. But... Look what happens if they get too much in the world. It's difficult. If you have a grown child, it's difficult. You can say it all you want, but until it becomes in here and they make that choice, you're like, oh my, you're worried. And you get fearful for them. Because you killed your brothers. By the way, they were better than you. <laughs> I like that. Now you have to suffer great consequences. Not only will you suffer, but the kingdom will suffer as well. Oh my. Consequences of sin have a ripple effect. We don't really realize how much our sin affects everybody else. Judgment against Jehoram. His enemies would come against him and trouble his reign. The sin, the depth of this sin is unfathomable. Now, I'm sure, maybe some of you, I hope not, I'm sure some of you are sitting there reading this and going, karma, man. Karma. No, it's the Lord. <laughs> no, it's the Lord. It had nothing to do with karma, man. It's the Lord. God is a just God. He is a just God. And righteousness and justice are the foundations of his throne. He is a just God. But he will bring upon his justice on people to get his point across. He will do that. He chastises those he loves. Do not despise the chastening of the Lord if it's your turn to be chastised, if he has to drag you out to the woodshed. Been there several times, got the bruises to prove it. Don't go where you're not supposed to and you won't go to the woodshed. But it doesn't stop there. The Lord raises up other nations against Judah as well. Look at 16 and 7. Moreover, the Lord stirred up against Jehoram, the spirit of the Philistines and the Arabians who were near the Ethiopians, and they came up into Judah and invaded it and carried away the possessions that were found in the king's house, also his sons and his wives, so that there was not a son left to him except Jehoiahaz, the youngest of his sons. 
This is all a chastening of the Lord. This is all chastisement of the Lord. This is, and this is nothing compared to what is going to happen in that seven-year period that is coming ahead called the Great Tribulation. This is nothing like what's going to happen. Gruesome, terrible. And as we come now to the end of Jehoram, in verses 18 through 20, after all this, the Lord struck him with his testings with an incurable disease. And it happened in the course of time that after two years that his intestines came out because of his sickness, so he died in severe pain. And his people made no burning for him like the burning for their fathers. He was 32 years old when he became king. He reigned in Jerusalem eight years and to no one's sorrow departed. However, they buried him in the city of David, but not in the tomb of the kings. Wow, what a sad, sad epitaph. Nobody came to his funeral. Nobody cared. Nobody cared. What a sad epitaph that is to see this great king. He wasn't a great king. God made his physical match his spiritual. God made the rotten spirit that he had and turned it into a rotten physical that he had. When they mourn, they build fires. They stay up all night, but they didn't do it for him. They did not mourn him. This is a story of an extremely wicked man. He departed without anyone around. He departed without being desired. They didn't desire him because of his wickedness. It's a sad, sad ending to a story, a story that's going to continue because his son and his wife get in the fray and things continue to go bad. Things continue to go bad for a while in Judah. Bible speaks many times about the results of wickedness. The results of wickedness. But again, this is Old Testament, but God is not to be mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that which he will reap. If he reaps through the, the flesh, he will sow destruction. But if he reaps to the spirit, he'll sow everlasting life. What are you sowing today? What are the seeds you're sowing in your life? Are you sowing to the flesh? Are you trying to meet all those fleshly desires? Are you partying with the world? Party hardy? Live, eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die? Well, yeah, you might. Is that what you're doing? Or are you seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness? Are you allowing God full control of your life through the Holy Spirit? Are you allowing God to just wash over you with the water of his word? And are you continuing in that? Not that you're not going to mess up. We all fall short. We're all going to mess up from time to time. But praise God, we have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ, the righteous, that we can come back to him at any time and repent and ask for forgiveness and know we'll be forgiven. Jesus Christ. The propitiation for our sin just simply means he appeased God's law by dying on the cross for us. He's the one that paid our debt. He died in our place. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You'll be saved. For the mouth is unto confession. In the heart, you believe the truth. We can learn a lot from these kings and their folly. And woe be it that I should ever cause anyone to stumble. It's a scary thought. It's a scary, scary thought when I think about it, that I could cause someone to stumble. It's very scary. King Jehoram, not a pretty picture, especially of his death. Can you imagine the pain he suffered in his death? It must have been excruciating. 
And at no time is it recorded that he cried out to God during that time. You are Thank you for joining us here today on A Sure Hope. In this series, Pastor Dave has been teaching through the book of 2 Chronicles. The book follows the kingship of Solomon all the way through until both Judah and Israel are taken over by other kingdoms surrounding them. There are many moments of great faith within these pages and also typical moments of falling away from where Israel had begun. But the moments of faith put a spotlight on God and His amazing ways of coming through for His people. No matter the situation, God is on the throne. He's more powerful than any opposing country or enemy that's coming against you. So take courage and believe God for big things today. If you're enjoying this series from Assure Hope, we invite you to check out more messages at assurehoperadio.com. Get to know more about Pastor Dave while you're there. You can also get a feel for the church behind this ministry, too. That church is Calvary Chapel, Cape May, in Cape May, New Jersey. Please feel free to explore our website to get more information on service times and other useful information. If you're not in the area, why not find us on Facebook or YouTube? We live stream our services to both of these platforms. Find links to both of these on our website, assurehoperadio.com. If for any reason you'd like to email us, you're welcome to do that as well. Our email address is info at capewatchradio.com. Our time is up for now, but make sure you come back again for another edition with Pastor Dave, teaching through the book of Second Chronicles on a sure hope. Oh